Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. All right, Randy, how are you doing in this uh, brave new world? <laughs> uh, very, I'm very fortunate. I live in an area that is has a lot of outdoor activities and stuff that you can do while still following the social guidelines. Like there's plenty of green space and I can stay hundreds of feet away from people. Um, the stuff that you see on like a city in Chicago where I lived before, you can't really go to the park because everybody goes to the park. And then it's just a huge crush that doesn't solve the problem of the social distancing. But where I am is I can pretty much distance and enjoy the outdoors all at the same time. Sure. So that's a, a big benefit. Still employed company. Um, hierology is keeping the lights on and pe- keeping people working and acknowledging the the challenges that have come up, but that's still going well. Megan's company is still doing the same. So, and, and I don't know anyone personally that has been infected with the virus. And to that same degree, everyone I personally know is almost, I would say 95% of the people I know are respecting the recommendations for staying home and staying quarantined, so to speak. So that's probably the reason why I don't know many people that have had a problem is that they're following the guidelines. So yeah, from a, I would say that on the negative side, one of the startups I was working with on the side is teetering on the brink of shutting the doors mainly because they, um, the the lead person with that startup had to take a job they had been they had been without a job for a while trying to keep this make this business work for them and they finally said the risk is too high i need to take a gig so it'll just it'll be seen whether or not the business can survive his need to focus for on his family but like i told him you can't risk your family at a time like this. You got to like throw, like burn it all down if that's what it takes. So, yeah. um, so that, that's the only negative thing I've seen so far, but. And, and I would say, I, I, I don't know if this is a hundred percent correct, but I feel it, it feels mostly correct. Let's use, let's use this person as a hypothetical example as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this person came up with a, a good idea that was going to try and execute on it. When we come out all the, the tail end of all this, that idea may or may not be relevant, but usually people like that have other ideas um, yeah. and, and, and other things come up and, and that there, there's always opportunity to do other things. So this idea may, may have missed its window, so to speak. Um, but there, there's more time. I like, I, I hesitated to say much else to him, but uh, what I could say is his first technology, technical approach to the problem was inefficient. 
Yeah. He, he did that before I got involved. So if this causes a reboot and I can help him with the actually more efficient technical approach, I don't think his idea is going to go away. The idea, yeah. the idea was on a, on a pattern going upwards based on the way the business climates are around um, the subject matter. So I don't think the idea goes away. I do think that it's got legs, whether he's got the energy to keep going with it, with what he's trying to do is a whole other question. Sure. But yeah, I agree with you. I think, I don't think our economy or the world wants everything to shut down and it's going to be a, a trial. It's definitely going to be a trial on the small business side, on the entertainment and restaurant industry side. They're going to have problems even with all the stimulus kicking back in a hundred percent. It's people, mm. people, there's going to be a lingering fear of people going into the public in some cases. Right. Um, not to say, I mean, there's plenty of people that still want to go right now, <laughs> despite the recommendations or the, or the orders. Um, so I do, I do think people will get back out there as soon as they are let out, but it's more of, you'll see a re- reduction in demand um, to some degree. You'll, you'll see people that have never tried delivery for, you know, on the scale of what I do with Amazon and Instacart, all of a sudden people are like, oh, you can do that. It's not that hard. I think you're going to see a big shift towards right. an increase in that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, I don't, for what he's doing, which is much more of a business enterprise thing, I don't, I think that the idea has legs regardless of the business climate. Um, sure. So. Sure. But that's, yeah, so that's my only negative kind of experience with it. What about you? Yeah, um, two disparate experiences. Um, with Aspire EDU, we do educational analytics of online education. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that it's not, we haven't seen a large explosion of business. Um and I think that's more because everybody's still treating this as temporary. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I, I question how temporary the shift in education will be. Yeah. Um, I, I, to be clear, I don't think K 12s are going to go to all online education when we get out of this. That That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this is definitely, if if blended classrooms um, needed a kickstart, this is the kickstart. Um, so we what we've seen is we haven't seen. I'm trying to think. I don't think we have any new clients. Nobody has come to us fresh, um, out of the blue, or or bit chasing leads, things like that. And, and signed up with us. Um, we've had some that were already in the pipeline yeah. um, that, that are starting to get closer. We've had existing clients expand the scope of, of what they use us for, um, both in number of students and number of the different types of services we offer. So that company's fine. That company is just fine. No issues whatsoever. Um, 
On the other hand, uh, construction specialties, we do maintenance of retail spaces. Yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of retail spaces needing work at the moment. Um, we, we work on probably 30 plus different brands. Um, two of them are the two largest grocery stores in the Southeast. Um, and, and those have been, uh, maybe not quite as busy as they were before, but not much slower. Um, mm-hmm. And then one of them's the largest pharmacy in uh, in the in the United States, um, and we've seen a downtick in in their work. Um, but that said, we've we've seen an uptick in in a, in, in pharmacy conveyors, which I don't think anybody knows exist. Yeah, um, what they are is back behind the counter in the pharmacy department. There are usually little conveyors that the um, that the pharmacists work on. So they 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 do something at one station, and then the conveyor moves the package down to the next station, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew those existed. They exist in all these pharmacies, and and for a while, this company had gone away from repairing those. Mm. The minute this happened, they're like, "Nope, we're going to have to do these." <laughs> so. Um, so those three businesses alone um, are keeping our salaried employees busy for the most part. So we're, we're, we're in a place that we're going to be able to make payroll most of the time. Um, we were already in a good position as far as accounts receivable versus accounts payable. Um, so we have a long uh, runway, so to speak. Yeah. But I don't want to burn that whole runway and 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 not have and and then be stuck. Yeah. So um, it's going to be another couple of weeks before I really feel what the impact is. Um, uh, obviously, we're, we've we've applied for a, a, a stimulus loan mm-hmm. um, just to cover cash flow, cover cover payroll. Um, like I said, the, the, the checks coming in from previously done jobs, those will keep us sustained for a couple months at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the work we're doing currently probably pays for at least half our payroll. Um, so it, I haven't had to make any hard decisions yet. Um, and I'm hoping that I don't. Um, but yeah. Uh, other than the, other than those three brands, um, we've seen complete shutdown of most of the other brands. Yeah. Um, one of them's a major bank. Um, we saw that that one we still get a trickle of work from because banks are still open. Um, funny story. They called me one Sunday night. They're like, "We want you to go to all 300 locations in the state of Florida of this bank." and deliver them a roll of blue painter's tape because they want to mark X's on their floors. Can you do that in a day? I'm like, and I, and I had to think through all the different, all the different people I had. And I'm like, okay, could we hit 300 locate? Yeah. You know, we probably could Miami area might be a little tough. It's a little dense down there and we don't have a lot of people down there, but we could probably get most of them. Um, uh, it came back that that our cost per location was just going to be too high, and somebody else had had undercut us. <laughs> um, so we didn't end up 
preparing for the work. And, and this was, this was, you know, five o'clock on a Sunday night and they sent me the spreadsheet locations and I was ripping through it, trying to say, okay, this person's going here and, you know, just setting up the logistics of it, um, making calls all over the place. Like, listen, whatever you had planned tomorrow, it goes on, it goes on hold till Tuesday. Cause we're doing this. Mm. Um, and then they told us, yeah, we're not going to send you any. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and then they got back to me Monday morning. They're like, yeah, you know, Chase decided to just go out and have their employees go to Home Depot and buy a roll of painters tape themselves. I'm like, that was the right decision in the first place. <laughs> but it like, so even, so that's what the, the bigger, yeah, it's, an, it's interesting every, how companies are responding to this. Maybe that's the whole like subject of today's. I'm, it's, it's very interesting to see how how do how does a company or a manager talk to their employees when the shit's hitting the fan and you have no control over any of the factors? Yeah, like that's. I would say that from a from the standpoint of where I'm at at Hierology, they've done a, a tremendous. They, and I expected this. They do, they've done an excellent job, in my opinion of being upfront about this is a trying time. We do not know what's happening. We are making efforts immediately to start budgeting, to start pulling back costs, to do everything we can to prevent a layoff scenario or a work stoppage scenario. And our our CEO um, has been through, I think, two da- market downturns as the head of a company or a startup, and so he has he kind of knows what he's doing now. He's like, I waited too long on previous times. We're gonna start being really proactive right now. Like, I have the utmost confidence with his messaging that he means what he says, that he cares tremendously about the employees. And he still doesn't know what the heck's going on with all this. And he's making the best guesses he can to like weather the storm, so to speak. Sure. That, and he, and I feel like that's really all you can do. Um, on the flip side, I've talked to a person who the CEO hasn't talked to anybody. This is not a, where I work. This is a, yeah. someone I know working with a different company. And, and they're like, yeah, I haven't heard any messaging from leadership. In fact, leadership still doesn't believe in remote work and wants us all to go into the office. Mm. And I'm just like, what the heck is wrong with this leader? The leaders at that place. Like, right. This is when you step up. This is when you communicate to people. This is when you put their well-being at the forefront um, right? To pr- in a way to prove that people should work for you and trust you to lead them. Right. And like, uh, yeah, that, so that's how I've seen it from top down to me. On- yeah. And what, what, what I've seen on that is, is my, my daughter works for a, um, 
uh, a Japanese company making turbines. They, they make turbines here in the U.S. Um, and what her job is is technical translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, because she grew up in my household, um, she she knew what remote work was, and she saw she she saw firsthand what remote work was. So she's been pushing to be able to work remotely the whole time. Um, because all she does is she sits with a technical document and translates it to, from Japanese to English. Um, not a lot of in-person stuff needed there. Um, and, and she was fine. She, she, she found that it, it, it was a weird cultural, I, I won't say, I don't mean cultural as in Japanese. I mean, company culture, um, a weird company cultural thing that, Everybody else in the company had laptops on their uh, at, in their offices. For some reason, the translation department had desktops. Mm-hmm. Um, so when all this happened and, and they shut down the office and all that, she's like, okay, what about now? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and it took this for them to, to say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, well now, because she'd been looking to get away from it, um, because it, it, it's a pretty decent commute for her. It's it, it, uh, Orlando traffic is, is, you know, it's, it's just like any other decent sized city traffic yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, when you have to go from one side of the city to the other, um, in rush commute. hour. Yeah. In rush hour, it's I've done it. It's not fun, so on and so forth. We've all done it. Um, And 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 I've I've actually I've I said I said you're actually spoiled, and you know that, right? And and because you grew up in a household where I worked from home most of your childhood. She's like, yeah, I know, but that doesn't matter. That's the way it should be. Um, so, so she grew up hmm. in, in that environment of, of, of seeing that for the most part in, in a lot of situation, remote distributed work works. Um, and, and now that, now that they've made this shift, if they keep the shift permanent, which I know she's going to push really hard for, they're going to go from lose from, from losing her and she's. she feels she's the best translator they have, whether she is or not, it's up to that. that, That's a matter of opinion, but she feels she's the best translator they have. They're going to go from losing her to keeping her because they, they've made that transition to where she no longer has to do the commute. Um, and then the other thing I've seen, and, and this is, this is what I'm still struggling with. And, and I haven't made a decision what I'm going to do about it. Um, I had an employee come to me beginning of March before everything really started to shift. Yeah. Um, he, he wanted a raise. It was time for his raise. He asked for one. I said, absolutely. Um, because, because the company hadn't been profitable in the previous year, I said, listen, a, a lot of us higher ups have taken pay cuts, um, because we haven't been profitable. Um, but, that doesn't affect you. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a raise, but it's not going to be this, this large amount. It's going to be a small percentage. Um, I said, but because we're not profitable, I'm just going to hold off to starting it till April. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. So here we are two days away from April and I have to decide whether to follow through with it or tell him to, we're going to hold off on it because 
because of the current situation. Um, and I can argue with myself both ways. I think, well, um, not to, not to say that this is a clear cut answer, but I can say that most reasonable people, if you present them with the, the case of, I have to put all increases on hold to keep the lights on. My goal is to keep the lights on, to keep people employed and paid at the mm -hmm. rates that they had already mm -hmm. expected. Yep. And if I can do this retroactively, like later on, I will. But we are in unknown territory. I have no doubt that this is a reasonable employee. Yeah. He's, he's very good. Um, and, and he would have zero problem with, it, I believe, but at the end of the day, we're talking 50 bucks a week. Mm -hmm. Are we saying that the company's in that sort of straits that I can't afford 50 bucks a week in this climate? I, 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 I in this climate, it's 50 bucks. It's, it's, it's less than one hour's worth of work on, on a client site. So I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't, I, I, I can argue with myself. I, I, I've been arguing with myself both ways and I just don't have the right answer. I think the right answer is we're going to hold off. We're going to make it retroactive, but. The other side of me says, let's just pay it because what we're talking about is we're talking about, oh, probably less than 5% of my overall um, weekly yeah. payroll bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it that the, the amount isn't a huge impact. I think it's about the sentiment of what you were trying to do as a company. Yeah, it, it, I think, I think. Either decision sends a message and I don't know what message to send. Right. If I, if I hold off and I, and I say everything you said that sends the message of we're in bunker mode We're we're, we're cut we're, we are absolutely keeping everything as tight as we can um, because we're going to ride this out, which is the right answer. I think that's the answer. If I, I got bunker mode is what I'd be in. I don't care what. Yes, yeah, but the the other the other side is, I'm confident we're going to come out the other end of it, and because I'm confident, I'm going to go ahead and give you that raise because it's a it's an insignificant part of the overall bill. That's the other message to send. <laughs> if it's insignificant, is it a good enough raise? <laughs> the answer to that is probably not. <laughs> That's a bigger the, question. <laughs> yeah, they that but the environment we're in, yeah, it's what it is. Uh, not the environment we're in, the fact that we've not been profit, we weren't profitable in 2019. So yeah, the answer is that's that's all we can really do. I mean, I like for me, I'm looking at I don't have control over anything with when it comes to my job right now. Like I used to be right. in positions where I did and now I don't and a layoff could happen a furlough could happen. A salary cut could happen. There's all sorts mm -hmm. of things that could be, that could come out of this the longer this lasts and I'm prepared mentally to 
under to understand the choices that hierology has to make. Right. Um, I, I, I know just hearing people talk that they aren't all prepared when I talk to people that, that right. some people are scared to death because they are the breadwinner, so to speak. Um, and other people, you know, they're laid back about it. They don't have a lot of dependencies. I mean, for me, it's like, I just kind of, I'm working with what I'm given and I, and I, and I, and I feel like because of the communication from leadership that they're not going to make frivolous moves um, to, you know, they're looking out for as many people as they can and the choices they make. That's a, right. and, and that sentiment is because of how they communicate to us. So, right. and, and, and that's, that, that, that's also part of, part of what is interesting is you're talking about talking to white collar office employees, yeah. mostly developers. Yeah. 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 I'm talking to blue collar in the field people. Is, is there a difference in the, in the, in the communication? I don't know. I, I do know that in the time I've done this, you cannot treat them the same. Um, that's not to say one is more intelligent than the other. It's just, they have different outlooks on life. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, um, so it, it, it's, and that's, I'll put it this way. The part of me that says, give him the raise anyway, is the part that that would be the right answer. If I, if I had a, if I thought I might lose the person, if I didn't. Um, and I don't think that'll happen in this scenario. Um, and, and, and really the idea that it projects confidence, not really all that important, um, to, to project that confidence. It's, it's important that we make it through this. Um, so that's probably the right answer, but I, 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 I hesitate. I, I, I just have small hesitations because I'm like, we'll probably be fine. I, I, I'll put it this way. It's not going to be the fact that I gave him the raise that puts us out of business. Yeah. Um, so therefore I'm like, well, if that's the case, why hold off? It, it, it's, it, I have this argument with myself four or five times a day. Yeah, I get it. I think the other question is what if, what if that employee were to tell, I guess what I always think about is when I'm working with an employee and talking to them about their personal situation and how I'm handling it. I also think what happens with, if they turn around around the water cooler and just tell everyone what we said, like, I will, as a manager, not talk to other people about the people on my team's personal situations. Right. But they... But but people talk. People will talk to each other about every interaction I have with them. So that's the messaging that I'm almost more concerned with about, okay... I know what the message is to this one person, but what is the sentiment that everyone else will get when they chat? And, the, and, and if, if they, if they chat, the other people are going to want raises as well. Um, and that's, that's 
actually perfectly valid and, and a good reason not to. Um, it, it's interesting because I have, uh, I, we have many subcontractors. We have two employees that work out in the field. Um, this was one of those two employees that works in the field. On the other hand, the other one I've had a little bit of difficulty with based on not following our processes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The messaging he's gotten has been completely different. Um, the messaging he's gotten was, listen, we need you to do these things exactly the way we're, we're, we're doing it because we can't risk our relationship with our clients based on missing process problems. And, and I need you to be flexible enough to do things the way we do them and not the way you want to do them. Um, and this is a conversation I could have at any time, yeah. not just in this scenario, but it's just interesting. The dynamic between the two different conversations in this current scenario, uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, well, so then going from taking the scenario of the, of the raise. Yeah. I apply it more. I apply, I, I look bigger picture when you set a policy that responds to an event like this, Hey, we're going to freeze raises. Hey, we're not, we're going to approach. Like I think that people want to know that their management managers, leaders have a plan or, or have a concern that, is showing a concern, understands the impact of the choices that are, they're making, what have you. Like when I sit down, right? So for me, my my world has changed at Hierology dramatically in the last two weeks because yeah. when I when I like if we if we rewind to January, I was on a team of like four to five people. And right before the middle of February, I guess, they said, hey, we're going to promote you to manager and your team is going to double in size. Like, no big deal. I've worked, I've, I've had managed this many people before. And then due to a number of circumstances, they were like, we, are you okay to manage two teams and almost triple your number of people? from January. And and that was that started 2 weeks ago, maybe 1 week ago, I can't remember. Um sure. when all this stuff started going down. Right. And so I'm like I I am a quasi introvert slash extrovert. I'm right in the middle. So doing meetings and video, Zoom calls exhausts the hell out of me by the end of the day. Yeah, but I'm fine with it. It's just a matter of oh, that's this is not what I'm used to, um, and so my now I'm talking to people constantly, and all everyone is different how they're dealing with home home remote work, even a remote team, even people that work remote. When all of a sudden their significant other is home too, and their kids, young kids are home, yeah. it changes yeah. everything. Doesn't matter how long you've been For doing sure. remote work, and so I'm. I'm very much at the forefront trying to make sure are people okay before I talk right. about the work. And I think it matters to people. They 
at, at the end of the day, like we know that given a stable environment, a stable economy, that the folks, we know what their work ethics are. We know what they can do. Now that we are throwing this wrench of medical challenge, world threat challenge, whatever, now are you le- now can you lead? Now can you manage? That's what people are looking up, I think. And it doesn't mean you have to stand there with a cape and be superhero kind of thing. It's more of do you care about them when everything else is going a little haywire? That's what I think people need to know. And it's hard because yeah. I woke up on Monday of last week and I was like, it was the weather was shitty outside. The news was horrible. Like I kept on reading CNN before I get out of bed. I'm like, why the hell am I doing this to myself? And it was hard for me to sit there and actually talk to people about their situations when I'm thinking, man, I'm down the dumps right now. This doesn't feel good at all. And, and, and that's, that's where I think you, a CTA, like a technical, it doesn't matter if you're a technical manager or like any kind of manager, being able to work with people and communicate with them when everything is going crazy is the true test of the job, I would say. Yeah. And it goes way beyond all of the, the remote work management skills that we keep reading about. Everyone on LinkedIn suddenly wants to teach me how to work remote. I'm like, I really don't care about that part of it. (laughs) I want to know is how do you talk to people when things are tough? When you have to make really tough choices. I've already had um, old students of mine reach out looking for potential new work because they feel, hey, layoffs are on the horizon. And I'm, I'm trying to do what I can, but the market has dried up really quick. And that's the, I think that's to me where I, the true test of leadership is in times like this, when the work seems to matter less, but you still need to keep doing it or it all goes away. And that's the harder, that's the harder balance to strike as a manager right now, I think. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely true. And, and uh, the, one of the other struggles I, I've got on my side related to that is I've got two people who are responsible, two people who work at, at, at their homes, home offices, who are responsible for distributing the work to the people in the field mm-hmm. and keeping up with it, that sort of thing. Well, we've gone from 30 brands to three. The mm-hmm. three brands that are busy were all the responsibility of one person. Mm-hmm. The other person, he has no new work orders that have come in in the last week or so. Yeah. Or, or it's been, it's been not even a handful. It's been what you can count on one hand. So one side is, okay, do I just get rid of that person? Do I, do I lay that person off? And, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. So what I'm, working on right this minute is we've gone from X amount of volume to less than 25% of that volume. Are there new processes, new things, new things I want to put in place that we can use this current time to do 
now that the volume's less, are there are there other things that I want to do, but I've never really had the time or the or the uh, person power to do? Well, I've got a person sitting here who could do that stuff. Um, so so that's what I'm looking for as well is is things to do for for people who their their normal job they don't have a lot to do right now. So this is when you say. Go back to old episodes of this old app and CTO think related to Don's personal coding projects that Randy criticizes, and you tell them to work on those things for you. I've thought about I've, I've thought about that, and, and we've talked we've we've talked also. I, it, we could we could do a whole backlog of of episodes because what did we talk about? We talked about no code or low code solutions. Yeah. Well, what we're, what I'm building, what I, what we use is a no code, low code solution. So it's certainly something he could pick up. Um, he, he's done work in Excel before, so it's, it's not like he, he, he hasn't been able to piece things together. Um, and that may be a direction we go to, uh, but he needs a, he needs a clear direction from leadership to point him in that direction before he can do that. So I've got to figure that out. Yeah, and that's I think that's a challenge that a lot of people, a lot of managers have. Um, this is not, I mean, it's nothing new to suddenly have a downturn in work in a situation like this. Um, I know that we've had a shift at Hierology with my teams, and we're saying, all right, instead of just being coders, now you get to do some research and architecture, and people the majority of people that we've started giving this type of work to are doing great um, in the sense of they're working on research and looking and, and we're like letting them do architecture planning that they otherwise weren't doing because someone like an architect was doing it or a manager was doing it. And I'm spread too thin to do it like I used to. So we're, you know, I'm hoping by the end of these projects, we've got people that are moving up the from the senior positions to future leads because they're able to start. Sure. They're starting to build from the database to the front end to the execution side of things. Um, we surprisingly have some people that think that that's not what they should do. They actually think that they're not paid enough to be an architect, stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what you expect out of this development world, but your attitude will keep you uh, as a very limited non-senior developer for the rest of your career. If that's your attitude, like, right. I don't, like I've never worked for any place where I didn't do all those jobs myself, but um, thankfully most of the people, that we've assigned this stuff to, they are very much like, yes, this is the kind of stuff I want to have. Like, I would love to have my opinion in these designs and be able to work along about that stuff. So, right. 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 So, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's the challenge is right now. We just don't know where the economy is going to go on the other side of this. Everything in my gut says, it shouldn't collapse that everything wants to continue to fight. Like the engines want to start revving again. 
but I, it's hard to know. It's it's just you, you just kind of, right now it's like you know what I'm going to make every decision with the idea that this is something we'll all get through. Work will be there on the other side, just like every economic collapse and downturn we've had in the United States. And it's my time right now to make sure people are taken care of and covered. Right. And then they will hopefully be inclined to keep working with us on the other side of this. That's what I'm, that's the the way I approach it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think your, your attitude towards is, is similar to mine in that just, we, we have to get through this. And I think, I think, I think the underpinnings of the economy were okay. We're fine. Um, so we get through this and it should rebound to some decent state. Yeah. Same, same place it was. I can't say, yeah. um, but it should rebound to some decent state. Well, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's, all that's, I got. that's what we're fighting <laughs> with. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, stay, stay safe, stay healthy. Yeah, it's like it's weird when the only thing I have to do to say, yeah, I can do that is stay home. Just yeah, avoid avoid going to the doctor as much as you possibly can. I, I had a minor procedure scheduled for tomorrow, and the doctor called today. He's like, yeah, we're not doing any of those right now. So yeah. we're just going to we're, we're just going to talk over phone about it. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I do not expect anybody to put themselves in, in danger. Um, that's why I've told my employees. I'm like, if you feel even the lightest, slightest symptom, Mm. stay home, go take care of yourself. You you do not have to push yourself. Um, we're, we're paying your salary one way or the other. I'd, I'd rather you just stay, stay where you are. Um, and we'll, we'll work through it. So, unless you're a, um, uh, unless you're a noted pitcher and need Tommy John surgery, they're still doing those. So they're still, well, that that's essential. It's essential surgeries, right? <laughs> it is. If you're a multimillionaire that needs to throw a hundred miles go. an hour. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Yep, yep, you too. Later. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you.